today I want to share something with you that I believe will affect uh, your fruitfulness in life and increase your joy. How many of y'all could stand just a little bit of that right there? Amen. See, increase fruitfulness in our life and in, see an increase in the joy of the Lord that we experience uh, in our life. Here we see in, in John, Gospel of John chapter 15, uh, some instruction from Jesus. And I love, I don't know about you, but if you love the Bible, you got to love the Gospel of John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. It's just filled with so many wonderful instructions from the Lord Jesus Christ right before he's going to go to the cross and give his life and uh, redeem us and be raised. I, I, but I, I love the instruction that he gives on the Holy Spirit and all the other things and on prayer. Uh, but right here in John chapter 15, the Lord's just emphasized this passage to me uh, so much in my life. In fact, I actually spoke on a, in our midweek service from John 15 for about six months in a row. And so uh, our church family didn't have to wonder where to turn to on a Wednesday night. I'm like, where are we turning to? John 15, Pastor. And so um, I just want to share along those lines uh, with you today. John chapter 15 and beginning with verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Praise God. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Amen. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Notice how many times he's talking about bearing fruit and much fruit and more fruit or increased fruit. He says, so you will be my disciples. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not sure if you noticed how many times the word abide is used in those 11 verses. But if you go through and you mark it and you look at it, in the New King James Version of it, uh, the word abide is in there 10 times. 10 times. There's also another word that is there, and it's the English word remain, but it's the same Greek word. So in 11 verses, Jesus says, abide, 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 abide. How many of you think he's trying to get a point across? That's just five. Abide. Come on, if he can say it, I can say it at least 11 times too, right? Abide, 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 remain, but abide is the same thing. Abide just means to remain, stay hooked up, stay, stay connected. He says, abide in me, remain in me, dwell, stay hooked up, stay connected to me. 
one of the greatest keys to you being fruitful and enjoying the joy that the Lord has for you is simply found in that word, abide, or abiding in him. You'll be fruitful. You'll be fruitful. Now, I don't know if you've ever walked by an apple tree. Anybody ever walked by an apple tree? Anybody ever heard of apples? Okay, so you kind of get it on. You know where I'm going with this, right? An apple, yeah. I don't know if you ever walked by an apple tree. My parents didn't have an apple tree in the yard, but I think we had a pear tree. But um, I can remember going by that pear tree when I was walking by it or I was mowing the yard and stopping by and, you know, picking up a few pears or something like that. But I never heard that pear tree grunting. Anybody ever heard of apple tree or pear tree? Grunting. No. Never heard of grunting. I, I never heard that pear tree like, mmm, I'm trying to produce a pear right now. Right. There there was never this strenuous, strained effort for the tree to produce the fruit that should come naturally from the tree. Now, I was listening to to, uh, my Aunt Patsy, Patsy Caminetti, wonderful teacher, minister, and, and she was talking along these lines. And she said, you need to pay more attention to your out to your intake than your output. Pay more attention to your intake than your, than your output. And so many times, certainly we, we know people by their fruit, and certainly we want to produce the right kind of fruit in our life. But sometimes we're paying so attention to, well, I got this and that, and I got to really work on this, and Monday looked like that, and my attitude right here was really an issue, and then my love walk, I'm really working hard on it, and I'm, we got all these kinds of things that we're kind of, I really want my joy to go up, you know, really want to be happier, want to smile more at people, I'm really trying to work on all that kind of, I really want to have big faith, and live by faith, and walk by faith, and talk by faith, and I want to show up at church and be joyful, I want my kids to be joyful, you know, I'm like, get in line, come on, we're going to be joyful when we get to church today, y'all. I mean, we we got all those kinds, those kinds of things, and sometimes it's more looking at the outward, what's being produced outwardly, than what's being deposited inwardly. And what Jesus is talking about is staying hooked up and remaining in him. And what's in him flows into us, and the fruit that needs to be produced will be produced naturally without the grunting, without the striving, without the worry, without the anxiety, without the fretting, without, without the putting on a front so you can look like you're a good Christian, got it all together. With, you don't have to do none of that. You can abide and remain and dwell and stay hooked up and connected to him, and the life that's in him flows into you. The love that's in him flows into you. The joy that's in him flows into you. The peace that's in him flows into you. Come on, the patience that's in him flows into you. The glory that's in him flows into you. The goodness that's in him flows into you. Hallelujah. Amen. As believers and as Christians and as the people of God, it should not be a hard thing for us to produce the fruit that he's called us to produce in our life. If we stay hooked up and we remain and we abide and we dwell in him. Hallelujah. The fruit will come naturally. And whether you realize it or not, I really... I really think most people know how to abide better than they give themselves credit for. And by that, I'll just kind of say it this way. I like watching football. 
Uh, anybody else like watching football? Two people in this section. What is going on over here? Okay. <laughs> I like watching football. By, I'm from Louisiana, so I'm, you know, I'm Houdat Nation. Let's go Saints, all that. You know, I used to be an Oilers fan to whoever moved them out of, this, you know, out of the state and all that kind of stuff because I was raised around Houston area when I was a kid. So, yeah, big, big on that. Still a big Astros fan. Likes, you know, like sports. But I can watch a football game. If it's the New Orleans Saints or if it's the LSU Tigers, I can watch that game from beginning to end. Anybody else watch a ball game like that? Anybody else? I mean, I can watch a ball. If it's a team I like, if it matters to me, I can watch that game. I mean, and, and, and my heart will beat in relation to how the game is going. Am I the only one? My, when, I, when I say it that way, what, uh, not long ago, I, I bought a Fitbit and, you know, it's keeping track of my steps and my heart rate and all those kinds of things. And so uh, um, anyway, it was, a, it was a Saturday night, which is such a challenging thing because they put LSU football games a lot of times on a Saturday night. So the game's going till real late. And so I'm trying to study, try, trying to prepare, but also I want to finish watching the game. I got to know what happens. You know, it's just the right thing to do. It's a good pastoral responsibility. <laughs> to know what LSU did. You know what I'm saying? You can't show up at church and not know. You got to know, you know, so it's just the right thing to do. And so uh, I kind of got to prepare myself. Oh, LSU plays late on a Saturday night. I'm like, I got to be all the way ready for church on Sunday morning by the time that game starts. Anyway, so, so uh, we, we were uh, getting in bed and Aaron Cody and I, we had, I had the game on. I'm like, I'm going to watch this till it, you know, till it's over and I'm turn off and go to bed. And so um, the game's on, and so it was coming right down to it. LSU's playing. I'm not sure somebody, somebody in the SEC, and they're playing. It's getting right down to it. It's getting really close, and getting right down to the end, and they're driving down the field, and they got to make this field goal to win the game. And I, I'm like, I think I need to check my Fitbit because my heart is beating out of my – I'm like, I'm feeling it kicking, you know what I'm saying? And so I check my Fitbit, and my heart rate's at 120. 120, laying in bed doing nothing except watching the ball game. I'm like, I am invested. Like, this is a big deal to me. And, and I'm, I'm saying that because, look, when it comes to abiding, it's just staying hooked up. It's just staying focused. It's just remaining. It's just dwelling. It's stay, staying connected. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and maybe, you know, the football's not the thing for you, but any ladies ever been to the mall for longer than an hour? Two hours, three hours. How many of you ladies, you don't even need the mall. All you need is Amazon. You're like, all I got, I got five different credit cards lined up with Amazon, just ready to roll, you know. <laughs> Come on. You got your card, your husband's card, your mama's card, your aunt's card. You got everybody's cards. Like, <laughs> you just... You leaned in, you know what I'm saying? You just leaned in. I'm, I'm not necessarily recommending this, but if, if you watch Netflix or anything like that, have you ever watched a Netflix series? Something probably good, holy, spiritual, you know what I'm saying? A Netflix series. But if you watch Netflix series, they used to have a little countdown on there. If it was a series and it's episodes, as soon as episode one was over, come on, some of y'all do not want to respond to what I'm saying right now. You're acting like you, you are acting like you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you have binged. I know you have binged. There's a reason they make billions of dollars, all right? But those episodes will go as soon as episode one's over. It used to be like nine seconds or something like that. Nine, eight. So you got nine seconds to decide whether or not you're going to turn that sucker off and do something with your life. Besides watch somebody else's life. You know what I'm saying? And, nine, eight. and now you know they changed it. Now it's four seconds. 
It's four seconds. I mean, four, three. They do not want you to leave your couch. They do not want you to leave your bedroom. They want you just locked in, right? If you're honest with yourself, maybe one or two of you have watched a whole series in a whole night. Don't lie. Come on. You, you're like, it's one o'clock in the morning. You're like, sleep is overrated. That is unnecessary. This series is far more important. Three o'clock in the morning, by the time it's all over, you're like, good Lord, what am I doing with my life? You show up to work the next day and they're like, why are you so tired? I said, well, I was working hard on that project for work, you know, it's tough. You know, then you got to repent to the Lord for lying. Well, in some capacity, even though those are just natural things, that's abiding. It's just focused, leaned in, attentive, remaining, just staying locked in. So today I just want to give you a three, three important areas concerning our abiding that I believe are found in John chapter 15. Abiding. The first the first area of abiding is abiding in his love. Abiding in his love. And in verse 9, that's actually what Jesus said. He said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. You probably remember from the Gospel of John chapter 13 and verse 34 and 35 when Jesus is giving a new commandment. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. But then he adds these words, as I have loved you. As I have loved you. Of course, when you hear this or we read this, and maybe even as you heard it while I was saying it, your mind and your heart maybe shifted toward, well, he went to the cross for me, demonstrated his love for me. And, and rightfully so. Rightfully, how many are thankful for what Jesus has done for us? The demonstration of the love of God, the mercy of God, and, and praise God, praise God for that. But when Jesus was saying this in John chapter, uh, John chapter 13, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. He hadn't given his life, he hadn't shed a drop of, he hadn't shed his blood yet. He hadn't been raised up, he hadn't done any of those things yet. So when he's saying that you love one another as I have loved you, there would have to have been some sort of demonstration, manifestation in some way, shape, or form that the disciples could attest to. We have been loved by Jesus. We have been loved by Jesus. And can I just add this? How much more so on the other side of Calvary, on the other side of the cross, on the other side of the blood that was shed, on the other side of redemption, on the other side of his grace, on the other side of his manifold mercy toward us, on the other side of that, as believers and as Christians, should we know that we know that we know that we are loved by the Almighty, we are loved by God, that we are found in his love, that his love is unchanging and unshifting toward us, that we are found in him and that we abide in his love. The apostle Paul would write to the, to the believers in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter three, he prayed, he said that your roots would go down into the love of God, that you'd be rooted and grounded in the love of God. And I can remember as, as a young person, I always thought, well, that meant that I need to make sure that I'm rooted and grounded in loving other people. But I don't necessarily think that's what he means first and foremost. First and foremost, what he's really saying is your roots need to go deep down into the love that you are loved with by the Almighty. 
And when you let your roots go down deep into the love that he is and that he has given and demonstrated and poured into your heart, it'll bring an unshakableness to your life so that when the winds blow in life, when challenge comes, when people come and go and some people love you one minute and hate you the next and when these kind of things happen in your life, you aren't moved, you aren't shifting, you aren't changing. Why? Because I know who I am. I know who I'm loved by. I know my God. I know my Father. I have been loved by the Almighty. Hallelujah. Amen. It makes the the rejection of man much easier to take when you know you have not been rejected by God, when you know you have been loved by the Master. Praise God. Let your roots go down deep into the love that he has for you. Amen. Now, I'm 46 years young. I didn't say old, I said young for a reason. 46 years young. And so because of that, I can remember days before I had an iPhone, before I had a cell phone. When I was in college, I didn't have a cell phone. We had a hall phone, pay phone right there, you know. Amen. When you went to college, you was free, like really free. My parents had no idea where I was at any point at any given time. Amen. I made the right choices most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> well, I, I can remember back in the days when, when, when I was maybe, you know, 12, 13 years old, that if, if you liked a girl, you know, you didn't, you know, go look her up on Snapchat. There was no TikTok. There's no Facebook, no Instagram. You're not, you know, not scouting out the land in that way. You had to actually talk to people have conversations, you know. And then if, if you liked them, you wrote them a note. Anybody remember the note days? I mean, you had to put pencil to paper, pen to paper. I mean, this is a commitment. This is a real deal, you know. And I, I can remember there was a, a girl that I liked in my papa's church. To me, she was the prettiest girl in the church, and, I, you know, and, I thought, boy, this is probably the one for me. You know, how many of you 12, 13 years old? You, fi- you got it all figured out. You got it all figured out. And so I was a young guy, you know, and so, you know, I remember writing notes like this, you know. Uh, Do you like me? Check yes or no. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Check yes, no. And if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty, maybe so. It's that gray area. You just throw that out there. That way it's not total rejection, you know. Amen. And if they ever wrote back or something, you know, no, or maybe so you're like, well, I didn't like you anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, I was just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there just to see where we at, you know, see what's going on. And really the, the way I see the love of God toward humanity and toward us is really God saying, I love you. And I love you whether you ever love me back or not. I have demonstrated my love for you. I have given my son to you. And then the responsibility lies upon us to, re- to receive that love. The Apostle John would write, would write in 1 John this way. We have known 
This is 1 John 4, maybe verse 16. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. We have known and believed the love that, that the Lord has for us. If you're in this room today and maybe you're not a believer and you're not a Christian, I just want you to know the Lord knows you and he still loves you. He had a plan to redeem you, a plan to make a way for you, a plan for you to experience an authentic, genuine fellowship and communion and relationship with him, abiding in his love. I promise you this, you abide in his love, you'll have more joy and more fruitfulness. More joy and more fruitfulness. Second area. Second area to abide. And we see this in John 15, verse 7. Abide in his word. Abide in his word. I'll remind you what it said in verse 7. It said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Abide in me and abide where? In my word or in my words. Abide in my words. According to John 15, 7, your fruitfulness is ever tied to God's word and you're abiding in it. You're abiding in it. Now, not long ago, Jude and I, we were, we were driving in the car and um, we got to talk about like Bible reading plans. You know, what do you do? How do, how do we, he, he was talking to me about what I do and I was asking him what he does and, and that sort of thing and kind of just talking it out a little bit. But I really believe in being intentional in feeding on the word of God. If, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and it's going to affect my fruitfulness, it's going to affect, it's going to affect my confidence and belief when I'm praying, then I need to make sure that I'm feeding on, that I'm leaning into it. Amen. So I'm intentional about it. I'm not sure what kind of reading thing that you do, whatever kind of Bible plan that you have. There's all kinds of them out there, stuff you can print out. Google, Version Bible has all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of ways you, you know, that you can study and read the Word of God. But if you aren't leaning into it, you aren't abiding the way the Lord has called you to abide in Him, remaining in Him. One of the things I do every single day, I read, I, and this may sound like really like a small thing or a big thing, I read one chapter from the Gospels every day until I finish the Gospels and then I start over. And I read run, one chapter from the Epistles all the way until I get through to the book of Revelation. I do that every day. I read one chapter from the Old Testament until I read through the entire Old Testament. That takes a long time, by the way, if you just do it that way. It's slow. But I'll just read right way through that, and then I read through the Proverbs every single day. One proverb every single day, the day of the, I just do, but and it's not really long. You can do a lot more than that. I know there's different things out there. There's one thing you call the shred. You know, you read the whole Bible in 30 days. You, there's all kind of different things you can do. But the feeding on is the most important thing. It's not necessarily like if I read 10,000 chapters, then I'm going to be a better Christian, better believer. Well, not if you didn't really pay attention or lean into it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you get anything out. It's not really going to help you that much. But if you can just say, all right, I, I am going to be intentional about feeding on it. In fact, if this is your home church this is where you go to church if I if I was a member of this church 
after the Sunday message or Wednesday message, I'd find out what other way I can listen to it. Was it a CD, on an app, on a podcast, on YouTube, or wherever y'all got your stuff? I would find, and I would listen to that thing two or three more times. Just feed it, because that must be something that the Lord has for me. If he's called me to this house, I need to be hearing what he's saying to this house and me being a part of the body. I just want to feed on that. I want to feed on that word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abide in that word. Amen. I was really challenged some years ago. Uh, One of our daughters had a friend. uh, Her name was Abby Shepard, and she was about 10 years old, 10-year-old little girl, and and sweet girl, and great family, and her dad was a professor at a Baptist university right there in our town. And um, uh, my daughter was over at her house for a little birthday party, and so we came over to pick her up, and we're talking, and uh, her mom was telling us about her daughter, how she likes to read the Bible, how she likes to read the Bible. And so... um, I said, yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad she likes to read the Bible. She said, no, I mean, she really likes to read the Bible. She said she's 10 years old, and she's read the entire Bible twice in the King James Version. Y'all are more impressed with that than you were with just reading the Bible, but that's okay. I get it. You know, all the these and the thous, she read all of them. Amen. When she read that, I thought, I'm a, when she told me that, I thought, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I preach the word. I was challenged by this little 10-year-old girl who's working her way through the King James Version of the Bible, just abiding state. How many of you know that's going to make a difference in that little girl's life for the rest of her life, the feeding on what God has said? My, my dad, my mom, I'm so thankful for them. I know they've been here many times, and they'll be back not, not long from now, and they're, they're the best, you know. Um, but my dad so valued the, the study of the Word of God and abiding in the Word of God that even when we were kids, he'd say, for every scripture that you memorize, I'll give you a dollar for each verse. A dollar for each verse. Well, what was he doing? He's assigning, he's assigning value to what he values. He's assigning value to what he values. You do this, this matters to me, and I will show you how much it matters to me. You learn John 3, 16, that's a dollar. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that's a dollar. Come on, this is 1980, 1981. It's a dollar. Amen. And then for our church, he always had this kind of running deal that nobody ever took him up on. He said, <laughs> he said, for whoever can memorize and quote from memory Psalm 119. We got some Bible people in the room. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. How many verses is that? It's like 176 or something like that. 175, 175. That's a lot of verses of Scripture. I mean, so for years, and they, they, they were, uh, the, him and my, my mom were lead pastors at our church for 20 years. He'd say that from every now, every now and then. Anybody want to make $100? Oh, yeah, $100, yeah. Psalm 119. You memorize Psalm 119, and people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it until they look it up. They're like, how about Jesus wept? Can I give you Jesus wept? Can I give you something else that's going to be a little easier? (laughs) The value of God's word. I'll just give you a couple things. I I love Psalm 119 because it, it captures so much of the heart of the psalmist for the law and the word of God. I'll just read a few verses. Psalm 119, 89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I was reading that not long ago, and the Lord said to me this way, there's no expiration date on my word. Oh, man, that blessed me. No expiration date on my word. Hallelujah. Psalm 119 and verse 97. 
The psalmist says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. All the day. Praise God. All, how often? All the day. Amen. Psalm 119, verse 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I rejoice at your word as, as one who finds. I mean, my dad used to say it like this. He said, how would you act if you won the lottery? If it was, you know, 100 million, 300 million, a billion dollars, whatever. He said, you ought to rejoice over the word as if you just got the best treasure that you could have ever gotten. You ought to just rejoice over it, get happy about it. Amen. That means literally if your pastors or whoever's ministering or preaching, if they just got up here and if it was just as monotone as could be and they just read scripture, they just read the Bible, just are we going to read five chapters of the Bible, 10 chapters, we're just going to read it, that there still ought to be a few people in the room who are like, I love that, I treasure that, I value that, I'm going to shout about that, I'm going to rejoice about that, I'm about to run around this church. Just If you read one more verse of scripture, you're going to put me over the edge because I am so happy about it right now. I can hardly contain myself. I'm rejoicing over the word as one who finds great treasure and great sport. Hallelujah. I am so blessed. It is my meditation all the day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Along those same lines, he says it this way in verse 72. He says, the law of your mouth is better to me than, th than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Hallelujah. Abiding in his word. Abiding in his word. Job said it this way. He said, I, I, I treasure, I value your word more than my necessary food necessary food i know it's 11:37 you might already be thinking about chicken fried steak but job said ah give me the word i'm hungry for your word i'm hungry for for what you have for me i'm hungry for what you say to me i desire your word i desire your word Another one of the prophets said, I ate, I ate your word, and it was, it, it was a joy and rejoicing in my heart. Hallelujah. If you can see what God has said as a treasure and a, abide in it, abide in his word. Amen. Morning, noon, night. First thing in the morning, let's see what God has to say. I like the way one pastor, and he has this uh, routine in his life, and I think it's good. Of course, you know, you kind of got to work what works for you. But for him, he said, he said, I stick with paper before I go digital. And what he means is, he said, before I get on my phone and social media and emails and all the other business and all the things that could just, you know, present itself to me for that day, before I allow any of that to influence me, he said, I go to my paper Bible, got my paper notebook. Amen. Have some time with the Lord in prayer. Have some time, in, uh, time in, with the Lord in the word. And he said, without distraction. And it just sets me on course for the day. Amen. Now, I know you can set your phone to, you know, do not disturb and all that kind of You do what works for you. But the significance of, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say above anyone and anything else. And that is my priority. You know what that is? That's abiding. That's abiding. Amen. So the first was what? Abiding in his love. Second is abiding in his word. And number three is abiding in fellowship with him. 
abide in, in, in fellowship with him, which is essentially your prayer life, your prayer life. One translation of, I believe it's verse 7, says, uh, or it might be verse 5, but one translation says, maintain, and I love this, maintain a living communion with me. Maintain a living communion with me. That's really what the Lord's after. That's really what Jesus was after. Amen. For his disciples who had been with him for some three years or so, he's like, don't unhook now. <laughs> don't fall to the wayside now. Stay hooked up. Maintain a living communion with me. And of all the things that prayer is, and prayer is a lot, and there's a lot of different kinds and functions and ways to pray. The essence of prayer is fellowship with God. It's fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Amen. I believe the Lord just kind of gave it to me this way, to say it this way. You are created for communion with your creator. You were created for that. So when sin came in and messed that all up, boy, God had a plan to make a way to redeem you, to pour his life and his love into you and make a way for you to be filled with him, filled with his life, nature, and his spirit so you can have unhindered, unbridled communion and fellowship with the God who created you. Do you realize how beautiful and powerful that really is? This morning, uh, I you know, I take a little walk every single morning. Every single, uh, I make my coffee. I make a little pour over coffee and get my coffee and I, I I take a walk down the street at our, by our house, and we live uh, right near Kasachee National Forest. And so if I walk about a mile, I end up out in the woods, you know. And so I'll go until I get out in the woods, and I go a little bit further, until it's just quiet. You know what I mean? It's just trees, sticks, and squirrels, and deer, and whatever else is out there. I don't know. Sometimes you've got to uh, protect, you, protect yourself. You never know what's out there. But I'll take a walk out there. And the purpose of that, the point of that, is just to be quiet and get still and fellowship and commune with the Lord. Amen. So I like to do that every morning. So we're staying at a hotel here, you know. Houston is a busy place. Amen. Houston's a busy place. Jude and I were driving on the highway. I'm like, and driving uh, on a Saturday. I said, Jude, it is a Saturday. And there are thousands of people on this highway. What are people doing today? Where are they going? It is Saturday. What is happening around here? I'm not sure if Houston's still maybe the fourth largest city in the United States, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things, going a lot of places. Praise the Lord. And guess what? You did the right thing on a Sunday. You drove to church. Praise God. Good job. Amen. Well, I'm still going to find my way to do my walk, you know. So I get up, get some coffee go down the elevator, I go outside the front doors, and, I, you know, I kind of got to scope the land. So yesterday I kind of found a little route, you know, and, you know, didn't really work out how I wanted to. So today I found a new one, and I ended up, well, I come out, and I, and, and I go out, and I go to the left, and I go back behind this little parking garage and walk through, and I end up in a neighborhood. I like that. 
walking through a neighborhood and there's some trees and some people walking their dogs and and I took a, a, a left turn and I end up and I saw some tennis courts I love tennis I saw some tennis courts and there's a swimming pool and then a little park and yeah I was like ooh so I'm taking a little walk this morning having some fellowship with God talking to the Lord maintaining a living communion with him y'all the way that Jesus has made for you to have that kind of access should not be devalued. It's a beautiful thing that, listen, even if you're stuck in that Houston traffic, instead of getting mad and, you know, losing your temper and doing something you wish you hadn't done, you can stop. You know what? I'm going to have a little, fellowship, little extra fellowship time with the Lord right here. Spend some time listening to the words. Spend some time praying, praying in the Spirit. Spend some time talking to the Lord. Just having some communion with the God who created me. Amen. And listen, I believe in the power of a corporate gathering and corporate prayer. I mean, that's part of what's happening today. It's a corporate gathering. The church is the people of God. God summoned. God's brought you together. Amen. So that's a beautiful thing. But I also believe in the power of your fellowship with God that shouldn't, be, that shouldn't, shouldn't stop once you walk out the door. You know? And I, I'm all for come to the altar. We do that at our church. Come to the altar. You can get saved at the altar. I'm all for that. Yeah, come pray at the altar. I'm all for that. I do that. We do that. I do that every single week in our church. Amen. But just because I came to the altar and got on my knees right here doesn't mean that that's the only place God can meet me. I mean, this is a special place. This is dedicated to the Lord. I understand that. But I'm saying it doesn't mean that. You know, if you're on vacation or you're out of town or you're on a work trip, that God is like, well, you know, you should have been at the altar. You know, you could have, you could have been back at the altar. You could, God will meet you right there. And you can have fellowship and communion with him right there. Right there. I remember hearing the story of Kenneth E. Hagin and his prayer life. And his prayer life. Are y'all okay? Y'all still with me? Okay. About, and his prayer life. And uh, someone was at a conference that he was at, and it's kind of in between meetings or, or something like in before me, something like that. And he had kind of snuck away and gone into a little room to pray, gone to a little room. And he's in this room and he's praying. And so this other pastor minister is kind of like curious what he's doing. So he kind of, you know, went over there where he was, opened the door, looked in there, and saw him praying in there. Well, what he saw was Kenneth E. Hagin. He's he's just sitting there, and he's talking to God. He's talking to God. That minister backed out of the room. Well, come to find out that Brother Hagin heard his minister talking about him, you know. And he said, you know, Brother Hagin, he said, I saw him praying. And he's just in there sitting on the floor talking to God. He said, he wouldn't know the first thing about prayer. <laughs> he wouldn't know the first thing about prayer. I think sometimes... And, and thank God for all of the ways that we can pray. But sometimes we may overcomplicate it at times, you know. Overcomplicate it in, in, in a way that makes it like, well, you know, only the pastor can really pray. Only the prophet so-and-so can really pray. Only you need the bishop whatever to pray over you. Only this guy is really anointed, like he can really pray. And thank God for people who are anointed to pray and thank God for pastors. I mean, I pray. I pray for our church. I'll pray for my people. I'll do all that. But. Prayer is fellowship with God. 
I remember a number of years ago, I was uh, invited to speak at a, or, or pray at a National Day of Prayer event in our, in our city. And so our mayor is going to be there, some senators, city officials, all these people are going to be there. And then there's also other pastors that are going to be there, you know. And so they're all praying on different subjects and government and uh, media and family and commu- all this stuff, you know. And so I have an assignment for what I'm supposed to pray for. And I can remember I'm sitting in a chair and it'd be just like this, like a row. And it's like pastor, 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 pastor. You know, everybody's just lined up right there. And we're actually in the, the Mall of Alexandria, which is a magnificent mall, isn't it? It's like a metro. I'm just kidding. It's it's blessed to the Lord. That's what I'm going to say. It's blessed to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not that big. I'll just say it that way. It's not that big. Okay. Um, if you need sneakers, it's a good spot, but that's about it. Uh, so our prayer meeting is right in the middle of the mall. And so people are coming, going, shopping, doing all these kind of things. And so I can remember sitting there and, and it's getting close to my time to pray and I'm getting nervous. Anybody ever prayed in public? <clears throat> Nobody? You want to do it today? How about right now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> have you ever prayed? About, I mean, I remember being just a teenager. We'd have a little prayer meeting. It'd be like 10 people in a circle, you know. And then when one person finishes praying, they squeeze the hand of the person. Come on. You may have been in a prayer meeting like they squeeze the person that hands next to them. You know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, dear God. So you got your prayer prepared. Prepare. I'm, I'm prepared. And sure enough, every single time, the person right next to you, right before you turn to pray, they pray your prayer. You're like, Why'd you pray my prayer? The Lord gave me that prayer. You stole it. So they squeeze your hand and you're like, and pass. Squeeze the person there. Right next to <laughs> oh, man. Hands all sweaty and you pitting out and all the stuff's going on. So I'm having that kind of moment all over again. I'm just... But I'm a pastor, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and it's almost my time to pray and, it's, it's, and I'm getting a little nervous and getting a little anxious about it and feel like, man, I, and I, I really realized my focus is in the wrong place. My focus is in the wrong place because I'm thinking about, well, what are all these pastors going to think about what I'm going to say, Right. And then what about the city officials? And then what about all the people from other churches that are listening and all these kinds of things? Uh, you never know what's going through a pastor's mind. You need to pray for your pastors. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need help. We need to pray. We do. I'm serious. We need to pray. I'm sitting there. All that stuff's going through my mind. I'm like, this ain't right. This is not what I should be thinking about right now. And then the Lord just really corrected me and instructed me right there. He said, talk to me. I was like, what do you mean? I'm something like, what do you mean? He's like, who are you talking to when, you, when you're going to pray? Are you talking to the pastors? Are you talking to everybody in the room? Are you trying to convince them to come to your church? Like what, is, what is happening here? Are you trying to impress the senator with your prayer? Like, what is it? What are you really doing right now? And I'm like, that's a good point. I really need to make an adjustment, like right now. So I did. I'm like, I'm going to talk to you when I get up there about this that they asked me to pray about. Boy, and there's an anointing. It's a help from the Holy Spirit. When you shift from trying to impress people, trying to look like something, look like you're really spiritual, you know, you really got your stuff together. I'm a prayer. I've been praying a long time. I got this thing figured out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, 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 no. Amen. So I got up and talked to God in the same way that I talk to him every morning when I take a walk. Amen. Had fellowship with him. You abide 
in him. Abide in his love. Abide in his word. And abide and remain in fellowship and communion with him. Hallelujah. I think it's important to know know this. That before Jesus' disciples were sent from him, they were called to be with him. Before they were sent from him, they were called to be with him. And as much as I believe, and it's one of the primary visions and missions of our own church, reaching people for Jesus. And I'm so thrilled with all the reaching that's going on in this room. But I'm telling you, what happens when you come together and you fellowship and you get stirred, you, you're abiding with him. Before you're sent out to do something for him. And sometimes as you grow and you mature in the Lord, you get a little... You start overemphasizing, I'm sent from the Lord to do this. And you forget about, but I need to stay hooked up to him. <laughs> but I need, I need to be with him. I, need to be, I just need to drink in his presence and his word and his love and who he is. And the more I do that, the more I have something to give when I'm sent from him. Amen. You don't have to live life running on empty. You don't have to live life broken down. You don't have to live life like I'm serving the Lord and it's just such a struggle and it's so hard. And it's so, it don't have to be that way. You can abide and you can be fruitful. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm just grunting, trying to make things happen in my life. I'm living by faith, but it's so hard to live by faith. I've been trying for years to live by That's That's not the point of living by faith. That's not the point. It's like, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm trying to say this and do this and I'm trying to do I mean, that, that's good. Work the principles, do the things, but stay hooked up and remain in him. Come on. You don't want to show up to heaven looking stressed. You know what I mean? You don't want to show up in glory and Jesus say, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. What have you been doing for 30 years? You're doing it wrong. There's a, a, a minister, friend of, of mine. He's in heaven now. His name's Milan Lefebvre. and just moved to heaven not long ago. And uh, what a great man of God. What a, what a great minister and psalmist and worshiper. Just an authentic man of faith, really. Authentic, authentic man of faith. But he'd say this so many times. He'd say, if you're not... Happy serving Jesus, you ain't doing it right. <laughs> I never forgot that. I never forgot that. Amen. Then another time, Aaron Cody and I, we came across this other minister, and really, and I'm not going to tell you her name, but she's well-known, well-renowned, and all this in ministry. And so we met her, and I thought of all the things that she, she could ask us. This is what she asked us. She said, are you enjoying ministry? Are you happy serving Jesus? And I'm like, you know. Of all the things other pastors and ministers have asked me, they, they don't ever ask me that. <laughs> like, how's your church doing? <laughs> How many new people? What's going on with the campuses? What's going on? Like, uh, you very rarely get the, are you enjoying serving Jesus stuff? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so she asked me, I'm enjoying serving Jesus with a smile on her face. I'm like, yes. <laughs> but maybe I need to work on it a little bit. I need to work on my enjoying this thing. Amen. Remaining in him. It's not a hard thing. Not like a struggle thing. It's not I mean, I didn't give you three points so that you can be stressed about making sure you're doing the three points. But just to give you some direction and clarity in ways. I mean, as simple as you can get up in the morning and say, "Lord, you love me. 
Thank you for loving me. You gave your son for me. Thank you for doing that. You've washed me. You've cleansed me. You've made me new. Thank you for that. Boy, it grounds you just straight away. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for all of your promises that are yes and amen, that your word is quick and powerful, ever living, and you watch over it to perform it in my life. Thank you, Lord, for that. I'm standing on your promises. Your word is working in my life. I'm a believer in what you have said, what you have spoken. That's what I'll believe, and that's what I'll speak today. Hallelujah. And, Lord, thank you for making a way for me to have fellowship with you today. I am your beloved, and you are mine. Hallelujah. And I live in fellowship with you, and I love it. I love it. Amen. Praise God. Jesus said, after he, after he said all of those things, after he said all of those things, in verse 9, well, uh, verse uh, verse 11, what, what does he say? He says, these things I have spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Amen. You abide in him, abide in his words, abide in his love, abide in communion and fellowship with him. There ought to be a joy level in your life right here. I mean, just think about it from the Old Testament, Psalm 1611, where it says in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Think about that. You're abiding in him. You're hooked up with him. You're a new creation in him. There ought to be a joy. It's like, man, I just stay hooked up to Jesus. It keeps me full of joy. Amen. Praise the Lord. I can promise you this. After every LSU baseball game, I'm not always happy. Or football game. I'm not always happy. It doesn't always turn out how the way I wanted it to turn out. But every time I spend time with the Lord, there's great rewards for abiding in him. Great rewards for staying hooked up and connected in him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word that's a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway. I thank you, Lord, for your word that's ever ever alive toward us and the word that I believe that you you've given me for us today I believe that it penetrates the hearts and and the minds of those who've heard it and receive it today Lord and I just pray God that as we've heard from your word that it produces 30 60 and 100 fold in the lives of those who hear it and those who receive it and, Lord, if there's those in the room, I just want to start with this. They've had about, I close just for a moment, and we'll, we'll roll with it however y'all want. Y'all want me to roll with it at, to close. But if you're here and, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you never called on him, the Bible says, Scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. When you call on him as the Christ, the son of the living God, Hallelujah. I just kind of sense there may just be a few of you in the room, but maybe more. But, man, the whole time I'm talking about having a genuine, authentic relationship with God, you're in here going, I want that. I need that. I got to have that. I want, I want that. I don't want to just 
go through the motions of church or life or, you know, I don't want to just go through that. I want to I have a genuine relationship with the Almighty God, the one who created me, the one who loved me, the one who made a way for me. If you're here and you say, Pastor Ann, pray with me, pray for me in, in, in making Jesus the Lord of my life today. On the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hand up. I'm going to pray with you, but I believe it will be a magnificent start to your walk with the Lord. Are you ready? Come on, one, God loves you. Two, he's got a wonderful plan for your life. Knew you'd be in the room today. Three, go ahead and shoot your hand up. You say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to call on him. I see you right here. God bless you. I see you, ma'am, too. Anybody else? You say, that's me in the room. All right, bless you. I see you. I see you, young man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate that. God sees you. God sees your heart. Yes, ma'am, I see you right here. Awesome. Praise God. Anybody else? You say, that's me. I don't want to leave here without knowing that I know that Jesus is Lord. I'm right with God. And that fellowship with him, there's no sin messing that thing up. There's no old nature, old way messing that up. I, I got the life of God in me. Anybody else? You say, that's me. Praise God. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray this real simple prayer with me together. Let's just say this. Everybody across the room, pray this with me. Say, God in heaven, I believe in you. I believe you created everything, the heavens and the earth. I believe you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin. I believe he died, shed his blood, gave his life, and was raised again on the third day. Jesus, you are risen and you are Lord. And today, I am forgiven. I am made new. I have the love of God, the life of God, and the nature of God in my spirit. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, and everything is brand new in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pray. Yeah, we celebrate. Every, I know y'all celebrate every decision for Jesus. Amen. And I know your pastors will give you further instruction moving forward before service is over. But I want to say this one other thing because I just sense there may be a few more people in the room. Um, I mean, you know the Lord. You're saved. Heaven's home. All that good stuff. But you say that message was for me today. And I believe my, my joy level is going up because of the instruction that I got today. Things are changing in my life today. Amen. And you may have walked in here down, you may have walked in here heavy, you may have walked in here with a load on you, but you're walking out of here lighter, walking out of here freer, walking out of here different. Amen. For those of you that say, I know that, I know that, I know in some ways the word is for everybody, but I'm saying there may be some of you in the room that you're like, I know that's like the word of the Lord for me today. It's changing my life. Would you just stand on your feet right where you're at? Stand on your feet right where you're at. Praise God. Hallelujah. Y'all stretch your hands toward these. Stretch your hands toward these. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of these. They're, they're standing. And as they're standing, Lord, they're saying, I'm receiving the word of the Lord that is going to produce in my life. That I'm not leaving here the same way. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that there's a lifting. There's a, boy, we've been on that all weekend, but there's a lifting of the hands. There's a lifting of the heart. There's a lift. There's a strengthening in this room today. There's a quickening in this room today. There's an encouragement in this room today. There's a life in this room today. I believe the Lord is putting fresh wind in your sails. Every time you spend time in his word, it's the word of the Lord talking to you. Holy Spirit, you help them. Give them eyes that can see. 
see and ears that can hear. Every time they're fellowshipping with you, every time they're spending time in your word, every time, every time they're yielding to you and say, Lord, I'm coming to you today. I need you today. Before I do anything for you, I want to, I want to spend some time with you. I thank you, Lord, that there's a renewed joy. There's a renewed strength. There's a renewed life. There's renewed purpose. There's fulfillment. I thank you, Lord, the things that you have called them to do will be stirred again. The things that you've given them, dreams that you've given them, desires that you've given them that are from you, they're stirring again today in the name of Jesus. Things that have been put to the side, things that have been given up on, these things that seem too, too, too difficult or impossible. Oh no, today in the name of Jesus, there's a strength that is found in the word of God. A strength that is found in the presence of God. A strength that is found among the people of God. A strength that is found in fellowship with God that is saying, oh hallelujah. Oh hallelujah that God has brought you this far and he's not He's not stopping now. He hasn't quit on you. You shouldn't quit on you. The good work that he's begun, he'll bring into a full and complete finish in the name of Jesus. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Ha, 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 ha. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise God, praise God, praise God. How, those things you, you have tucked away, those things that were like, I don't know about that anymore. It's been too long. It's been too many years. Those things you've tucked away, get those things back out again. Get those, come on, those dreams that the Lord gave you, those visions, the, the things that he's shown you, the things by his spirit that he's shown you, the things by his word that he's shown you. Come on, things that he's shown you while you're sitting in church and your pastors are, are preaching to you. You wrote that down and say, I know that's for me. Come on, get those things back out and say, I believe God. God is watching over his word. Come on, somebody. He's watching over his word, and he will fulfill it. He will do it. He will perform it. He's good at doing what he said he would do. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. Come on, I dare you to put a smile on your face. Hallelujah. And give the Lord a shout of victory. I dare you to put a smile on your face and give the Lord a shout of triumph. Put a smile on your face and give the Lord a, come on, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In Psalm 118, it says, the shout of the voice of rejoicing is in the tent of the righteous. Woo, man, the voice of rejoicing is in the, in your house, in your place, hallelujah, amen. There ought to be some times, some moments where you go, whoo, I think I'm just going to shout right now, I think I'm just going to rejoice right now, I think I'm just going to celebrate right now, hallelujah, I'm a child of God, I'm loved by God, he's given me his word, given me his promise, hallelujah, oh, I have fellowship with him, I've been washed, I've been cleansed, I've been redeemed, I've been brought out of darkness, I've been delivered from the power of darkness, brought into the kingdom of the almighty God, whoo, I cannot be defeated because of what Jesus has done for me. His triumph is my triumph. His victory is my victory. His joy is my joy. His peace is my peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let the picture that the enemy paints, come on, be the one that you look at or that you think on. You look under what God has said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.
Amen. And when you're walking through it, when you're going through it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, one time I, we were going through something, and, and, there's, and I think it's in Isaiah when it starts when you go through the, through the fire, and you go through, the, you go all, you're through, and the Lord just said to me, just remember that you're going through. You're going through. Don't stay there. Don't live there. Don't build a house there. Don't act like that's your, you know, permanent, this house is going to be forever. No, 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 no. I might be in the middle of something right now, but God's working. God's got some stuff that he's working on my behalf. Hallelujah. Amen. And the same God who made a way for me through Jesus, he's still at work in me, still at work in my house and my family and my future and my finances and my health. He's still at work in me. Praise the Lord. And when I come through, you better know I'm going to testify about it. I'm going to talk about the goodness of God. You better know I'm going to shout. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to celebrate. You better know. Hallelujah. I'm not even going to smell like smoke. You ever talk to somebody and you're like, they look like they hadn't been through nothing? But they have. But God's been so good. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Your, your joy level, praise, ought, ought not be in any indication of your circumstances. Circumstances come and go. Life happens, stuff come and go, all that stuff. Oh, but my joy right here. I stay right here. It gives me strength. I'm abiding in him. Amen. So I don't live life under the circumstances. Praise the Lord. Amen. I live life seated with Jesus, blessed in him, triumphant in him, overcoming in him. Amen. Full of faith in him. Amen. Full of, full of joy, rejoicing. Hallelujah. The shout, the voice of rejoicing should be in your house. In your house. In your house. In your, not just whining, griping, complaining, how come this and how come that, not just the news and the game, not all that noise. I mean, get the voice of rejoicing in your house. Get the voice of rejoicing in the car. Get your voice of rejoicing at the church house. Get the voice of rejoicing in you. Get that voice of rejoicing. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, I had one time where the enemy's just trying to work me over, and I felt like pressure and stress and all these kinds of things. And I just let him, I let the devil know what I thought about him. I let him know. I told him, and we were talking about this yesterday, but I was like, devil, you need to know something. All right, you're a loser. You're a loser. You're a jerk. You know, I don't like you. You're not going to win in my life. Amen. Not, I'm not going to let him have the last word. I'm not going to let him have any kind of last word and just sit in my car and like, oh, I feel so heavy today. feel so tough today. feel so tough. No, no, devil, you don't win. you loser. Amen. He's a, he's a triple loser. You know that, right? He has lost. He is losing. And he will lose. That's just the truth. It's just the truth. He has already lost. Jesus has defeated him. Jesus is raised up. Hallelujah. And you have his triumph and his victory all in you and on you. Amen. And he's losing right now. 
and he knows it, and he will lose, and he knows it. So don't give him your Monday. Don't give him a minute. Uh Uh-uh. Praise God. I'm triumphant in Jesus. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Jesus is Lord. The devil is a liar, and he is defeated. Praise the Lord. And we are more than conquerors through him who loves. Would you stand on your feet and give the Lord a shout of triumph and victory just one more time? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.